well, you, I think you guys are gonna like this book because it might have some big hills. Actually, I don't know if it has big hills, but I think there's some, some stuff about presents in it. In fact, the whole book is about a special, really special present. You guys wanna hear it? Okay. Snowflakes swirled through the air as Sam and his mom stopped to look in the toy store window. With Christmas only a few weeks away, Sam needed to make his Christmas list. He tugged on his mom's sleeve and pointed to the train. He loved the shiny red engine. Do you guys like trains? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, me. <laughs> All right, later, as Sam and his mom curled up on the couch to read a Christmas book, something sparkly on the mantle caught his eye. Mom, is that a present for me? He asked. Sam's mom tussled his hair. It's a special gift called a sparkle box. We'll open it together later, but we need to fill it first. Sam was excited, but it was hard to wait. Oh, do you guys have a hard time waiting for your presents? Yeah. Ooh. It's my birthday soon and I'm really excited. Oh. Like While driving home from school the next day, Sam's mom stopped at a building he had never been to before. She asked him to help her carry in some food and blankets. Sam peeked into the bag he was carrying and noticed a box of macaroni and cheese. His favorite. What are we doing with this stuff, Mom? She smiled and said, we're giving it to people who don't have enough food to eat or blankets to keep them warm. But inside the building, Sam didn't see anyone who looked cold or hungry. Just a nice lady with a big smile who thanked them. Hmm. What do you guys think about that? Hmm. On the way home, they drove by the park. It was dusk and the pretty Christmas lights had just come on. As they stopped at a traffic light, Sam noticed someone on a bench, curled up and sleeping. His mother noticed too. That's someone who may get one of our blankets, she said softly. He doesn't have anywhere to live. Sam felt bad. It would be sad not to have a home to live in, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be sad? Yeah. yeah. Sam hung up his coat. It was good to be home. As he sat at the kitchen table to have a snack, he noticed a sparkle box gleaming on the mantle. Mom, did you put anything in the sparkle box yet? He asked shyly. Well, actually I did put something in it today, she answered, but it's still not ready to be opened. We need to add a couple more things to it. Sam wondered what was inside. Do you guys think you know what's inside yet? Macaroni. Oh, that's a good guess. Let's see. Food. The days flew by and soon it was time for one of Sam's favorite events, the Christmas party at his dad's office. There was always lots of delicious food and a present for every child at the party. Sam's dad thanked everyone for coming. He talked about how blessed they were when many people in the world struggled for something as simple as clean water to drink. He said a village in Africa would receive a special gift this year thanks to money donated by the employees and their families. The gift was a well that would provide clean water for the entire village. Sam asked his mom if his family helped. Yes, dear, we did. She looked around. The grown-ups were smiling, but he saw tears too. Happy tears, mom whispered. Mm. As his dad tucked him into bed that night, Sam thought about his Christmas list, and that reminded him of another present. Daddy, will you and mom fill up the sparkle box yet? Sam asked, well, we did add something to it tonight, but it's still not ready to be opened. <laughs> Sam drifted to sleep, imagining what could be inside. Do you guys think you know what it is yet? No. Oh. Macaroni. 
You still think macaroni? Uh -huh. I think I you. Think I think you might be right, Quinn. A few days later, Sam was filled with excitement as he shopped with his mom. Tomorrow was his school's party. There was a Christmas tree called a mitten tree where kids could hang mittens, hats, and scarves for people who needed them. Sam picked out the biggest pair of mittens he could find. He also bought a candy bar for himself with his own money. When he turned to leave, Sam heard the tinkling of bells. He looked up and saw a man from the park bench coming in the door. The man seemed tired. Sam looked at the candy bar in his hand and thought about the mittens in his bag. He looked at the man's hands and they looked cold. Sam's heart began to pound. As quick as a wink, Sam slipped his candy bar into the bag with the mittens and pressed the bag into the man's hands. Sam ran out the door shouting, Merry Christmas! His mom gave him a hug. I'm proud of you, she whispered. I know that wasn't easy, but you brought a little light into his world tonight. Was that nice? Yeah. Yeah, that was really nice. Sam asked his mom if they could drive by the park. As he watched the flame on the giant candle blink on and off, he thought about how unfair it was that some people didn't have a home to live in or food to eat. Soon, it was Christmas Eve, the most special night of the year! Sam and his family gathered at their church for the Christmas Eve service. They sang songs and listened to the story of the first Christmas. Then, in the darkened sanctuary, a single candle was lit. That candle was used to light other candles, and soon everyone was carefully passing the flame from one person to the next, until the whole room was filled with a magical light. Sam looked around. How lovely, how peaceful they all looked as they shared the light. Ooh, that's pretty, isn't it? Yeah. On Christmas morning, Sam ran down the stairs as fast as he could. Under the tree was a train with a shiny red engine. And what was that? The sparkle box. Sam could hardly wait to open it. What do you think is in it? Macaroni. Yeah. Oh, Quinn, you think? I'm going to it. Oh. He sat on his mom's lap with his dad snuggled in close. Sam slowly lifted the lid on the box. Inside, there were just a few pieces of paper with words written on them. Puzzled, he took out the papers and began to read the words out loud. Mittens and a candy bar given to someone in need. Hmm. Warm blankets and food for the homeless. A well in Africa that will provide clean drinking water. Sam's mom explained, Sam, the sparkle box is our gift to Jesus on Christmas Day, his birthday. He was confused, but we didn't give Jesus a gift. We gave things to people who needed them. His mom smiled. You're right, and no gift could make Jesus happier. He taught us that whatever we do for people in need, we do for him. So each year we'll think of some special gifts to give Jesus. We'll write down these gifts and put them in the sparkle box. On Christmas morning, we'll open the box and read out loud the gifts that were given in honor of his birthday. Sam thought about the man curled up on the park bench, the mittens and the soft blanket, the well that would bring clean water to the village in Africa. He looked at his mom and smiled through tears. Happy tears, Sam whispered. The end. What did you guys think? Good. It's good? Did you like that story? Yeah. Are you sad that there wasn't macaroni in the box? 
next? No. 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 Well, yeah. it was even better because it was awesome things they did for people who needed it. And that's what Jesus wants us to do, right? Yeah. Be nice to other people. Are you guys nice to other people? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing this story with me. Did you guys have fun? Yeah. Let's do this again sometime, okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Welcome to Sparkle, welcome to Whitewater, those of you watching online all over the area and the country, I think, and those in the room. Is Laura Hamilton not like the most talented, but not only can she lead worship, she like reads stories, like, and I don't know who that macaroni kid is, but anyway, I, well, my name is David Vaughn, we're so glad you're here. We are sparkling as we ramp up into Christmas. We are basically what Sparkle is, and we invite you to join us. It's definitely not too late to start. We are reframing the holidays, kind of turning Christmas consumerism upside down as we sparkle and as we reflect the light of the world. And we're using this little book, the Sparkle Box, to do that. There are still some of these available out at the uh, info desk. Uh, please check those out. If you're watching online, email us. We'd love to send you one of these free. Because we believe in a divided world, this is something sparkling for Jesus. This is something that can unite us again. Even people that don't even like believe the Bible or believe in God or Jesus, even those folks know it's a good thing to help the last and the least of these. Uh, my preaching partner, John Tizovich, got us going last weekend with a great message from Matthew 25, where Jesus says, when you serve these certain type of people, you're actually serving me. I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was uh, naked and you clothed me. I was a stranger and you took me in. That scripture reminds me of that wonderful story of this guy who owned a little country store way out in the middle of nowhere in Kentucky. And uh, all of a sudden, this big fancy horse trailer pulled up, and a guy that was really dressed nicely as a horse trainer pulled out. Now, what that horse trainer didn't know was that little country store guy, he was trying to sparkle, and he knew the Bible. And he had a reputation in that small country town in Kentucky. Every time he ran up something, a sale on the register, he would quote a scripture. The store owner would like sell salt. He said, you're the salt of the, earth. salt of the earth. Somebody buy light bulbs. He said, you're the light of the world. Uh, and so he was known like everything he rang up, he found a scripture tie-in. Well, one, as that horse trailer pulled up and that fancy horse guy came in to that store, guys were milling around. He went up to the store owner and said, hey, I'd like to buy a saddle, a new saddle. My horse show is down the road. Mine's worn out. I want to win this thing. So can I buy a saddle? And he said, well, wait just a minute. So he went behind the counter, behind the wall, and back in the storeroom. And of course, a little country store, uh, you know, not very many, much inventory. All he had was one saddle. Picked up that one saddle, brought it back, set it on the counter. God said, How, how's this look to you? He said, well, uh, the trainer said, that looks pretty good. He said, how much is it? He said, this saddle is $2,000. I said, mm, well, he said, actually, I'm heading to this show. It's pretty good. 
money is no option. Do you have anything a little nicer? I really want to win this horse show. Owners picked it up, went back behind the counter, behind the wall, back to the storeroom. Only had that one saddle. He set it down, picked up that very same saddle again. Brought it back, put it on the counter. He said, how about this one? He said, how much is this one? He said, this one's $20,000. He said, sold. Gave him $20,000 and the horse trainer walked out. Oh, all those guys in the store couldn't wait to gather around the register and see what scripture he was going to quote for that guy. And as he was putting the 20000 in the register, he said, guys, this reminds me of a scripture in Matthew 25. I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Well, he was a stranger and I took him in. All right, so that, that, I, I, I don't think that's what uh, Jesus was talking about. This whole series is forcing us to ask, how are we really doing responding to the needs of others and the care of even strangers in our community, our city, our world. What we're talking about has the potential to change everything for somebody's life. In this book, the Sparkle Box, a little boy sparkled by providing food and blankets and mittens and a candy bar. And I want to challenge you today not to take somebody in the way that store owner did, but to reach out to somebody maybe that you don't even know and figure out how to sparkle this week, this very week, with heavenly light. If you're a parent of someone in Harbortown, make sure you ask your kids how they can sparkle too. Part of the joy is watching our kids participate. Start thinking now. I'm going to give you some ideas about things to put in your own sparkle box. I just want to encourage you to be this week brighter light. Because if ever there's a time when Christians need to shine, when kids of the king need to glow, it's right now. Let me read to you the ancient text of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet that foretold the coming and the birth of Jesus. And it's a great chapter, chapter 9. It talks about, for unto us a child is given, a child is born, a son is given. And right before that, here's what Isaiah said. And if this is not true now, I, it was true then, this has to be true now. Nevertheless, he said... Oh, I love that word, by the way, nevertheless. I could do a whole sermon on nevertheless. COVID's here, nevertheless. We got to be bright. I, I know some of us are sick, man. I, I, for a while, we never heard of anybody in our church family having COVID. Now, every day I'm hearing of two and three, and one of our wonderful older men passed away this week, had some pre-existing conditions, but COVID is what, what did that. I mean, my heart goes out, nevertheless. We want to sparkle. I know some of you may have lost your job. Some of you got all kind of issues in the room today. Some of you, maybe your first time, your first time tuning in, you're not sure about how Jesus is. Nevertheless, we need a nevertheless spirit right now in our country, in our church. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. Is that not a scripture for our time right now? No more gloom and doom. There's a lot of people who are in gloom and doom and distress. Into that environment, here's what Isaiah said in predicting Jesus, the people walking in that darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Deep darkness. That is, so, that is as true today, friend, as it was written thousands of years ago with Isaiah. We live in a culture of gloom and doom of great distress, and we, you and I, get a chance to represent and reflect 
The love and the light of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said this in Matthew 5. You are, he's talking about you and I now, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's that verse we used to sing that little song when I was growing up. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I won't let, one of the verses, I won't let Satan blow, blow it out. Man, Satan's trying to blow out a whole lot of your spark right now. Don't let him do that. Well, David, exactly how can we be, how are we to be light? I'm so glad you asked. I want to show you how Jesus himself was the light. And since we're supposed to reflect him, we're supposed to be like him. This is how we're supposed to be. I want to give you, and some of you may not know this, I want to give you the bedrock verse, the, the bedrock foundation on which Jesus built his ministry. As we rethink how we do ministry, it has to be on this same foundation. Let me, let me probe it with you. Luke 4 verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power. This is the very beginning of his ministry now. After 30 years of prep, he's ready to go. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. And he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. All right, let me just stop right there. Put your finger there. I'm going to come back. Where is he going to proclaim how he's going to do ministry. When is he going to announce that he's ready to be the light of the world? It's in his hometown where he had been brought up. Let me just, let me just say this. Sometimes the toughest place to sparkle is in your hometown because everybody knows who you were and what you've done. Am I right about that? This is so true on the West side. Some of your people you grew up, your friends and family, they don't, you're not the same person and they, after you're a Christ follower, after you kind of start following a, a little bit more freely and a little more, more sacrificially and a little bit more, you shine your light a little brighter, they're going to know who you used to be. And they will bring up your past all the time. What are you talking about? Just like with Jesus, this can't be the same guy. This is a guy we used to know who did this, this, this. That's what they're saying about some of you all. It's hard to grow up and sparkle in your hometown. My son Tyler, when he was seven years old, he's 27 now. Oh man, where did the time go? But when my son Tyler was seven years old, our youth minister came up after Sunday service and said, hey David, here is Tyler's toy. It was one of those little finger skateboards. He said, Tyler's Sunday school teacher confiscated that in class because Tyler was playing with it and wasn't paying attention. Surprise. Anyway, uh, I said, okay, thank you. I'm sorry he's acting up a little bit. And the youth minister started to walk away. But then he turned around and said, oh, by the way, one additional thing. I saw Tyler carrying around a bag of the communion bread and eating it like a snack. <laughs> and I think he's also been in the church kitchen after service drinking the leftover grape juice for communion, just so you know. Wow, suddenly my son is a little heathen. I, I did it. Clearly, those Sunday school teachers need to do a better job of teaching. But I think Tyler would tell you, as well as me, it's tough to grow up and be a leader for Jesus in the very town where you're not who you used to be. You're not who you want to be, but thank God you're not who you used to be. People have this way of bringing back your past that you would rather forget. 
And they'll use it against you when your light starts to shine for Jesus. So Jesus goes to his hometown, where, Nazareth, <clears throat> where he's brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. It's his habit, his routine. And he stood up to read. And what, lo and behold, what did he read? The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed him. The, the book, the prophet, the verses I just read earlier about the gloom and doom and distress. Jesus picks that book and he turns to Isaiah 61, unrolling it, and he found the place where these words are written. Let me say this too. Later on, when John the Baptist later expressed some doubts about Jesus, these are the verses that Jesus referred him to. These were the scriptures. These were the words when he said to John's followers, go back and tell John this, this, this. So let me go through it and see if you can pick out the ways that you can sparkle in these verses. These are the things, there's five of them, if you're a good student, five ways. These are the things that you can start to put in your own sparkle box. Jesus found where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. You can tell, can't you, when the Spirit of the Lord is on a person? Can you not tell when the Spirit of the Lord is on a, a church? Because he has anointed me, Jesus said, then don't let that anointed word scare you. Jesus was anointed, and guess what? You're anointed too. It just means you're assigned, you're gifted, you're called to do something. Here's what Jesus is called to do. Therefore, this is what we are called to do. Five things. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Good news is the word from which we get evangelism. It's a Greek word, evangelizo, which means evangelize. To bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. The recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Did you notice how Jesus gives five very practical ways that his ministry was going to be expressed and how he was going to sparkle? Same things that we can do to sparkle. These that I'm going to unpack in just a moment for you sync well with what we're all about here with Saul 7. In case you haven't heard of Solve 7, it's Whitewater's outreach initiative to solve seven of the biggest problems in our community, our city, our country, our world. It's about removing physical barriers to make way for spiritual opportunities. So these seven, the seven are feeding, clothing, finding, educating, healing, rescuing, and housing people. And in this Sparkle series, we will have opportunity to do the five things Jesus said in the context of Saul 7. And I'm encouraging you now, as I kind of go unpack them and list them, start to think in your mind, how could I sparkle with one of these this very week? Number one, what could I do to proclaim good news to the poor? Proclaim good news to the poor. When we sparkle, we proclaim that there is good news, especially to the poor among us. And the poor are not always the people who are homeless or living on a street. It may be someone living on your street. The poor among us are not always obvious to see. Especially on the west side of Cincinnati, we are so fiercely independent that we don't want to be helped by anybody. But it's actually more humbling to be served than to serve. But if you look close enough, you will find people who are in a season of shortage, and you can help them in your season of plenty and be good news to them. Some of you in this room, some of you watching now, are in a season of shortage. Would you please let us help you? 
We want to help you. We have funds to help you. Look for someone to help or allow someone to help you. Let me give you another way to apply this verse. Not only do we proclaim good news to the poor for those who are poor financially, there are those who are also poor spiritually. They're not in financial poverty, they're in spiritual poverty. In fact, some of the poorest people I know are materially rich. They're afflicted with wealth. They're poor when it comes to the things of God. And you can sparkle by being a good news teller. My friend Jerry Francis here from Florida that attends here at Whitewater, he's one of the best of these. He's always proclaiming good news and inviting. And I want to encourage you to unleash the good news right now. It's good news. It's not old news. It's not bad news. It's not ancient news. It's relevant, current, good news. And if you're watching and you don't know the good news, let me tell you really quickly what the good news is. This is as simple as it, as, as it is. Jesus came at Christmas at Bethlehem. He was born. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins. On the third day, he was raised to life. He went to heaven and he's coming back to receive and take everyone with him from this sorry, diseased, COVID-filled world to heaven where there is no sickness, heartache, crying, mourning, pain, death, COVID, politics. And we can get there if we trust him, repent of our sin, confess our faith, get baptized, which we're up to 216. Somebody came in this week impromptu, said, I got to go today. And when we get baptized, nothing about the water. It's all that process of salvation. And when we do that, we're promised that we'll be in heaven forever with him. Friend, that's the simple gospel message. Everybody here ought to be good news tellers. Everybody here can proclaim good news to the poor financially and spiritually. We also sparkle, Jesus says, when we, number two, proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Proclaim freedom for the prisoners. We shine, when the church is working right, we shine in ministering to those in prison. So some of you say, well, David, I don't know any prisoners. Well, that's a problem. I don't know anybody in prison. Have any of y'all been in prison? I'm not talking about last night. Some of y'all got bailed out just to come. I get that. I know my church. I'm talking about people who are in prison. Whether they deserve to be there or not, whether they are innocent or guilty, they're there. I don't know when the last time you've been to prison is. It's a sobering experience. I have a friend in prison that pre-COVID I visited named Ray Tibbetts, who's on death row. Killed some people, found Jesus once he got in jail, asked me to come and see him. I don't know if you all have ever experienced something like this, but when I walked up to, through the jail cells of Chillicothe Institution, it, you never get over the sound of slamming steel prison doors shutting behind you six, seven, eight times to get back to death row. It can be a dark place but not where Ray is. Oh, it's the same dark death row. But by that time that I got to see Ray, he had already become a Christian. And pre-COVID, we gathered around in a circle with some others that were there. We ate together. We sang hymns together. We shared scriptures together. Oh, he is, is uh, as free as he's ever been in his life. Although he's incarcerated by jail cells, he is free in Christ and that can never be taken away. You can't lock that up. And now raise the guy who's showing light, reflecting light in death row to the other uh, uh, occupants there. 
and the other folks who are really incarcerated, he's the one that's light. Ray would say, God's using me more here inside than he is outside. That's what Jesus means. We'll proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And by the way, you don't have to be in a prison cell of steel and bars and brick and mortar to be in prison, to be in bondage yourself, to be incarcerated. Some of you watching here, some of you in this room right now, are living in jail prisons of your own making. Maybe it's a drug that has you in bondage. Maybe it's porn that you're a prisoner of. Maybe it's a bottle. Maybe it's a past mistake in a strange relationship, an abortion, a divorce, an affair, a scandal, as we would say in Celebrate Recovery, a habit, a hurt, a hang-up that is keeping you in prison, that's keeping you incarcerated, that's keeping you from enjoying the freedom from sin available to you. Oh, we sparkle when we proclaim freedom for all of us who are prisoners. We also, Jesus said, sparkle when we proclaim recovery of sight for the blind. Proclaim good news to the poor, freedom for prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, Jesus said. If you've had any experience with anyone who can't see, you will understand exactly what I'm talking about here. Those of us who can see, we take our eyesight for so for granted. But when you lose your sight or it grows dim, it's a sad and a scary thing. But there's something worse than being born blind physically. It's to be blind spiritually. Someone once asked Helen Keller, is there anything worse than being born blind? She said, yes, to have sight but not vision. See, there's a big difference between sight and insight. And we sparkle when we help people physically and spiritually who are blind, who need a loving touch from Jesus with skin on like us. The most famous atheist of a generation ago was a lady named Madeline Murray O'Hare. She was the one responsible for really taking prayer out of public schools. She lived and she died in a very tragic way. Look it up. You can research it. People hated her. But after her death, the phrase written most repeatedly in her diary that they discovered was this, somebody, somewhere, love me. Somebody, somewhere, love me. When you take God out of the equation, you don't feel love. But who was the somebody, somewhere, that maybe could have loved the one that nobody else wanted to love? That's recovery of sight for the blind. We also sparkle fourthly, Jesus said, when we set the oppressed free. I know what some of y'all are thinking, well, David, I don't know any oppressed people. That's a problem. You're living in your own little ecosystem, your own little echo chamber of you. But if you will open your eyes this week as you walk around, you will see all kinds of people in our world, on your street, in our city who are oppressed. We sparkle when we adopt orphans, love the elderly, respect women, pray for enemies, look after the sick, protect the unborn who have no voice, house the homeless, welcome immigrants, speak up and stand up for the abused and the marginalized and the defenseless among us. Did I lose my mic? That, that don't bother me at all. Yeah, 
I'm like Tizovich. Let me have it. Let me have this one over here. I'm like Tizovich when the lights went out last week. I said, "How'd that work?" He said, "Didn't bother me a bit. I wish you'd go out every week." He just pivoted. But we sparkle. And let me repeat: when we help people who are helpless, when we welcome those who are immigrants and different than us. When we stand up, when we speak up for abused people, marginalized people, defenseless people, when you buy that toy for Toy Store this year, you're helping a family get set free. When you decide that you don't even need the church to help someone, when you just go out this week and look around for the people who need someone to advocate for them, if you would just go out and look at someone who's being abused, someone who is being speaking ill of, someone who is helpless and hopeless, friend, you have never been more like Jesus than when you do that. So I have a homework assignment. This is something that could go in your sparkle box. Proclaim good news to the poor, freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, set the oppressed free. And if you'll do that thing, the fifth, do those things, the fifth thing will come to pass. You will proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We sparkle, we sparkle best when we say, you know what, 2020 might have been bad. (laughs) 2020 was the year of COVID, but I am proclaiming 2021 the year of the Lord's favor. That's what we can sparkle in. And I'm, I'm done with 2020. I mean, I learned a lot. I'm done with that stuff from 2020. I've never been looking forward to a newer year than I have this year. And we're probably going to have the same problems. But 2020, some bad stuff went down, y'all. I I saw that there's even a Dr. Fauci Christmas ornament now. Are you aware of this? (laughs) He's holding a little sign that says, stay calm and wash your hands. Poor Dr. Fauci. Poor Dr. Fauci. COVID is dark but we can radiantly sparkle even as we close out 2020. And if we do that, then the words of Isaiah that Jesus promised us in the the Old Testament will come to pass. Let me read this to you. This is fascinating. In their day, they had people who were trying to serve God on the outside, but their hearts were far from God. They had people who were trying to fast, which is like going without food or give money but they weren't really helping people. They were trying to just go through a religion without a relationship with others. Does that sound familiar? And Isaiah wanted to get their attention, so here's what he wrote. And these same principles apply to us. Is not this kind of fasting, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? And he rattles off a list in like machine gun fashion. To loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? (laughs) The reason that some of us are not sparkling is because we've turned away from our own flesh and blood, our own family. How many Christmases are you going to go being estranged to your family? Just a question. But if you'll treat them and others that just listed right, notice what's the promise. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Oh, you'll sparkle. Your healing will quickly 
appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. He'll have your back. Then you will call, the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. It's one thing to say, here am I, to God. It's another when he says, here am I for you. I would, if you, big word if, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, oh, anybody been pointing fingers here lately? <laughs> Politically? And you got to get some malicious talk, oh. <clears throat> if you do away with that stuff, and you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light, talk about sparkling, your light will rise in the darkness. Your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. Even He says even your own body that's hunched over because of COVID and the burden you carry, he'll strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Now, listen to this next verse, because I'm going to cast vision for this as soon as you come back from the holidays. These will be the marching orders for our church for 2021. we got to go back to some basics. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins. We're going to rebuild some things. We will, he will raise up the age-old foundation. We're going to raise up some values foundations that got us to where we are. You will be called repairer of broken walls. We got some walls we need to repair relationally here. Restorer of streets with dwellings. We're going to restore some things. We are part of the restoration movement. Rebuilding, raising up, repairing, restoring. That's who we are. And he says, if we sparkle, if we show others, the light that God has shown us, all those things will come our way. So let me ask you a question. How bright is your light these days in this darkness? How is your spark according to Isaiah's wise words? Friend, indeed, this is a very dark time in our world. I'm not minimizing that. Every day I'm hearing of someone else who has this lethal sometimes disease. We need to continue to protect each other, love each other, wear a mask, no matter what your view of mask on, we will get through this. But if it's dark, but if it ever was a time for Christians to shine the light of Jesus brightly, it is now, friend. Just a little flicker will illuminate the darkness of your neighbor and your friend and your family. I just encourage you to be a spark plug this week. I don't know if you checked your spark plugs lately, but your car is less than optimal when your plugs are not working or need to be changed. Some of your spark plugs are corroded, they're rusted, you got like an eight cylinder and you're running on one cylinder, no wonder. Spark and sparkle in brighter and stronger ways. And if you will do that, last scripture here, Zechariah chapter 9 will be a part of your life. I've been doing a deep dive on the word sparkle in the Bible. Check this out. The Lord their God will save his people on that day as a shepherd saves his flock. And they will what? Sparkle. They will, it's not just a book, friend. It's in this book. They will sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown and how attractive and beautiful they will be. You have a chance to be attractive and beautiful, not because of the outside, but because of the light streaming out of you from the inside. So I'm saying to you, 
Go and sparkle this week. Start filling up your sparkle box. And on this Thanksgiving week, especially, let's be grateful for the people that bring us light, that brought us light, that will bring us light. Oh, 2020 has been difficult. But I'm going to tell you this, God has been faithful because he gave us Jesus who saves us as a shepherd from our sins as his flock. I don't know what kind of year you've had. I don't know what kind of year the new year will bring. But I can tell you this, I am more thankful and grateful right now this year for things I I took for granted for a long, long time. If ever there was a year when we ought to be more grateful and thankful, it's now. We're still here, aren't we? We're still alive, aren't we? We're still breathing, aren't we? Some of us have not. And when I am tempted to complain and grumble, which I've been doing a lot of, the only antidote for grumbling is gratitude. You just start listening to things you do have on, right. The things that are going well for you this Thanksgiving. And that's what really we do every week when we celebrate communion.